Coastal, how are you guys doing this morning? A couple of you are doing okay. Okay. Let's try this just, just one more time for kicks and giggles. Uh, how are you all doing this morning? A little bit better. A little bit better. I uh, appreciate the guy in the back that screamed a little bit. That makes everything better. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us uh, today as we're in this series called Junk in the Trunk. And uh, if, in case you missed it, I, I've gotten this comment multiple times. Um, and, and I heard it again at the other campus. I was just there. And uh, they said that if, in case you missed some of the past couple of weeks, I, I've had multiple people say that last week was by far the best message they've ever heard at Coastal. And so if you missed it, I want to encourage you to go back. You can go on our website, check out in the media section, past messages. Uh, you can hear all kinds of stuff from previous series. But I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that if you missed it, because I believe there's some things in there that can really help bring some freedom to your life. And so today we're looking at this idea of all of us have some junk in our trunk. And today we're looking at the area of addictions. We're talking about some addictions in life because I think that for all of us, we all have some things that are holding us captive, whether we realize it or not. And I was thinking as I was preparing for this message that none of us really start off life intentionally saying, you know what, I want to have something completely ruin and destroy my life. I never, like none of us ever set out and go, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and go down this path. And I know that this path is going to jack up my life completely. None of us intentionally think that way. None of us intentionally start off going like, this is what I want to see happen in our life. But unintentionally, a lot of us make decisions that take us down those paths. A lot of us are making decisions in life without even really realizing the consequences of those decisions in the very beginning. Like, I don't think anyone ever says, man, you know what? I, I, I really like how white my teeth are, but you know what? They're a little bit too white, and I really like the way that I smell, but, I, you know, maybe I smell too good, you know, so I'm going to start smoking some cigarettes. And if I do really, really well at smoking cigarettes, maybe, just maybe, I can take 10 to 15 years off my life. Like, nobody intentionally starts off saying it that way. But a lot of us unintentionally say that with the actions that we take with our lives. Same thing is true and, and of, of eating. Like, nobody says, like, man, like, I just love ho-hos so much. Anybody like ho-hos in here? Anybody a fan of ho-hos? Come on, be honest. Like, we had ho-hos available to us every day at lunch as a kid, and I love ho-hos. Like, there's something about you peel the chocolatey skin off. Did anybody ever do that as a kid? Like, you peel it off, and you just eat that? Come on. It's church. You can be honest. Like, it's, there's something about that. But nobody starts off and goes, man, you know what? I'm just going to eat entire boxes of ho-hos because I'm too thin, and I want to be fat. Nobody ever says that. Nobody says, like, I'm just going to eat so much that I, I get to this point where I, I just go to the bathroom and I kind of stick my finger down my throat so I can purge myself. Nobody starts off intentionally that way, but unintentionally, thousands of people do that every single day. Nobody starts off saying to themselves, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to drink a beer. It's not a big deal. It's not, it's not going to take over my life, but we see people all the time who are addicted to alcohol, who it's consuming their lives and it's ruining relationships. It's ruining their job performance. It's ruining a lot of things in their lives. There's a lot of people that walk right over here or drive right over here to the casino and think, man, I'm just playing an innocent game of some, some blackjack or poker or some slot machines, and it's not a big deal. It's just for fun, and before long, they're, they're going online, and they're playing all night long, and before long, they've, they've 
spent their entire paycheck and their cars being repossessed and some guy named Guido is coming to break their legs because they haven't paid their debts. Like nobody intentionally starts off that way, but unintentionally a lot of people end up in that place. And I'm pretty certain that most people never go on the internet and think that, man, just by typing in dot, 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 whatever, and that they would end up being addicted to pornography and that, that every day they would have to go look at images to fulfill an inner longing within them. And when they try to stop, they won't be able to stop. Nobody intentionally starts off that way. But unintentionally, a lot of us are opening up doors and opening up avenues to things that are holding us captive in life. And really, things that unintentionally we thought were no big deal have ended up mastering us. And so my question for all of us today is this, is what is the thing in your life that has mastered you? What is the thing in your life that has mastered you? What is it at this moment that that seems to be the thing that is controlling your life, that seems like it's too big for your life to overcome? Um, What is that thing? What is that thing that has mastered you? 2 Peter 2.19 says this. It says, for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. It's saying, We are slaves to whatever is controlling our lives. And so my question is, is, is what is that thing that has mastered you? What is that thing that you are a slave to in your life? What is that thing that is bigger than you? And I know that a lot of us won't be really honest with ourselves, but some of us are going to be really honest with ourselves, and we're going to say, you know what? This is the thing that is mastering me right now. This is the thing that has got control of my life. And here's the good news for those of us that are willing to be honest and transparent with ourselves, because I believe the first thing that we need to do in order to, to have freedom in life is just to be, just to have a realistic mindset, a realistic view of where we are in our own lives. And sometimes we have to take a step back and look around and go, this is what's really got a hold of me. And here's the good news. As we have that recognition of reality in our life, I believe that that's when the power of God can come into our life and transform our life. But it's only when we start to have some awareness of what is happening in our life that we can even take that step. And, and luckily, we, have a, this, we serve this amazing God that's holy. And when we submit ourselves to him, the Bible says in John chapter 8 that who the Son sets free is free indeed. I believe that God can set you free. I believe that you can live and experience the freedom that he wants for you. And so my question is, is what has mastered you? Being really, really honest, and it might not be something that's apparently really, really dangerous in your life. It might be that you can't function without waking up and drinking six cups of coffee every single day in order to function in this life. That's called a caffeine addiction. It might rule your life. It's something I struggle with. I love caffeine. If I could just tap an IV into my vein of straight caffeine, anybody there with me? Like, I would do that. Like, that, that, like I'm, a, I'm an addict to caffeine. Red, some of y'all, like, you all rock some rock stars, like, continuously in your life. You're like, I need seven of these to get functioning in the morning. And I'm going to chase that with a Red Bull, okay? And if you don't know what that is, good. Don't ever know what that is. And so some of us have that. Some of us. And, and this is incredibly sexy, especially for you guys. Some of y'all are addicted to dipping. Like, women love dipping. They love it. You break that thing out. You take some of that black junk. You stick it in your lip. Like, women are just naturally attracted to that, guys. They love a guy with a fat lip. Nothing better than kissing that dude and getting some grit, you know. Then that spitting, like that, like, it's like women are just drawn to that. 
Yeah. <laughs> but some of us are addicted to that. Maybe for you it's smoking. Maybe for some of you it's smoking cigarettes. Maybe for others of you you've taken a little bit further. Maybe it's smoking weed or marijuana, whatever you want to call it. And you're addicted to it. Maybe for others of you, it's the internet. And not in the sense of like it's pornography, but maybe it's the fact that you can't go 30 seconds without checking Facebook, without checking Instagram, without checking your email. Hello. Come on now. I see the glow on you guys during service. I know what you're doing. Did somebody post a new post? Oh, I better check it out. Like, better like it really fast. You know, like, like you're addicted to it. You're an addict to technology. For others of us, you're, we're addicted to work. We got to work, 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 work. Then we get some time off, we're going to work some more. Others of us, maybe it's a little bit more extreme than that. Maybe it's masturbation. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's going to debt. We spend and we spend and we spend, and then when we're broke, we go and spend some more. Maybe for others of you, it's computer games. Hello, 18-year-old guy. Spend all night long playing a computer game that's not going to get you anywhere in life. And I guarantee you this, it's never going to get you a date. Like, no girl is waiting like, hey, you want to come over and play internet games with me? And if she does, like, you want to stay away from her anyway. She's weird. That's not normal. Sorry if you're an internet gamer. I didn't mean to. <laughs> yes, I did. Never mind. I, I meant that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying on that one. <laughs> For others of us, it's, it's we're addicted to our appearance. We're the, the kind of people, and maybe you're this way, that you're at the gym more than people that work at the gym. So addicted. Like, I've got to look better. i got to smell better. i got to do all these things. i gotta got to get seem all put together or maybe you're addicted to tanning i know some people that are at like boca tanning club continuously in fact as dark as they are they think like i just got to be darker and you look like leather not attractive you're just addicted to it for others of us it's it's not those physical things maybe for some of us it's a generational thing maybe our parents acted away maybe they were very critical or or, or, and we see all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're starting to become very critical in our lives. Or maybe they were very verbally abusive, and all of a sudden, you start to see that you seem to be very ab verbally abusive to other people. Or maybe they had an anger problem, and all of a sudden, you're starting to see that you have an anger problem. And it might not be something that you think is really, really big, but it's there. And the question is, is what has mastered you in your life? And I know some of y'all are tempted to go, hey, 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 listen, listen, this isn't a big deal. I can get past this at any time I want. I can quit this at any time I want. And you're like, man, I don't have a problem. And let me tell you something. If you have, listen, listen to this. If you have one problem, or if you have one person in your life that says it's a problem, you better shut up and listen because good chance is it's probably a problem in your life. Probably a problem in your life. And the question is, is, is what has mastered you? The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, he says this, and he was speaking to the church that was full of people that had been mastered by some sexual addiction, and he's addressing them, and he says this. He says, everything is permissible for me. Another version says, listen, I can do everything, but not everything is beneficial for me. He's, he's like saying, like, listen, I know I can go drink, but if I have an alcoholic tendency in my life, then maybe that's not the best idea for me. Not that it's a wrong thing, but for me, it's probably not a good idea. He says, what, everything is permissible. He says, but I will not be a slave 
I will not be a master to anything. He's saying, listen, we can do all kinds of things, but when that thing moves from just a recreational thing to being the thing that's ruling and controlling our lives, that's a problem. He's saying, I'm not going to let any outside source dictate who's in charge of my life. There's only one master in my life, and the master of my life is Jesus Christ. And anything outside of Jesus has taken his place is not in the right place. And the good news is, is that Jesus today wants to come in and set you free. He's got to just replace what's mastering your life with a new master in your life. And he wants to do divine work in your life if you'll allow him that chance. And so we're gonna look at some biblical principles as we're answering this question, what has mastered you? And this is what you need to do with that, the answer to that question, what has mastered you? Number one, you need to take that thing to God. You need to take whatever has mastered you and you need to take it to God, whatever that thing is in your life, whatever that addiction is, whatever that junk in your trunk is, you need to take it to God. Romans says this, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. He says, but rather than doing that, but rather than letting sin reign in your life, rather than letting it rule in your life, he says, Offer yourselves to God. He said, man, make yourselves available to God. Make yourself completely available to him. And he says, for sin shall not be your master. He says, nothing besides Christ should be the master of your life. And what he's saying is he's saying that all of us, we're going to have to have this Popeye moment in our life. Anybody remember watching Popeye the Sailor Man cartoons? You guys all remember that? Anybody Popeye fan? I love Popeye as a kid. Like, I just thought it was the greatest show in the world. Popeye, he's, he's like, he had some massive forearms. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know if that's from ripping cans open. You just get massive forearms. I've never experienced that. And he had bad grammar. Those were the two distinctives of Popeye's life. And uh, Popeye had a girl in his life. He had a woman that he that was like the apple of his eye. She was a looker. Anybody remember her name? Olive oil, yeah. You remember she kind of looked anorexic. Um, I guess that was the end thing in Popeye's day. And so uh, olive oil is his girl. Like he's 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 just always concerned about olive oil and what's going on. But there's a guy that was always macking on olive oil. Anybody remember his name? Brutus. Brutus was interesting because Brutus was swole up top and he forgot to do leg day. <laughs> forgot leg day. Like I don't think he ever saw a swap machine. But man, like he was, he was bumping up top. And, and Brutus, he was always spitting some game on olive oil. In fact, in their day, the way to spit game is he would just pick up olive oil and run away with her. Um, we call that kidnapping. But in that cartoon, he's like, let's hook up, you know, just take you with me. Some of us, we're, we're, we've got a Brutus in our life, and it's an addiction, and it's coming, and it's picking us up, and it's taking control of our life continuously, continuously. We have no control. We can scream, and we can fight, but it's picking us up, and it's taking us away. No matter how hard we try, it just seems like it's way too big. It's way too strong way too large for us to overcome. And they would always get this moment that, that Popeye would get to in this, when Brutus had taken olive oil and he'd get a little frustrated, he would always say this, this statement. He would say, I can't stand it no more. It's all I can stand. Does anybody remember that? 
He would say, I can't stand it no more. It's all I can stand. And then he would open up a can of wolf ass on Brutus, you know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that in church, but we just did. So probably not putting this on iTunes or the internet, okay? Media people. Um, didn't say that first service. What am I talking about now? Um, let me go back here. Spinach. hate it when that happens. He'd say, I can't stand it no more. It's all I can stand. He would have this divine moment where he would have this realization that, that what was the biggest problem in his life, that he could not continue to stay in that moment, that something had to change. And some of us are going to have to have, I can't stand it any longer moment to this addiction that's in our life. And we're going to go to God and we're going to say, we're not going to say some puny little Sunday school prayer like, God, would you please? Help me break through for this. But we're going to get real and we're going to get authentic with God and we're going to cry out to God. And we're going to go, God, I can't stand this thing in my life anymore. It is beating me up over and over again. I need your help. Come and help me out. We're going to get to this place where we go, man, I'm not going to stay right here. I need you in my life. When we get desperate for God. We say, God, take it away. And for some of us, today is our day where we need to get to this place where we say, God, I can't stand it anymore. Like, I need you to come into my life and do something. In fact, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I had a guy come up to me after service, after our second service here. He waited for everybody to leave, and he's like, man, I, I need to talk to you, Pastor TJ. And we kind of pulled off to the side, and he's like, man, I'm struggling. I've got this alcohol addiction, and I've got all this anger in my life, and, and I'm getting ready to pray for him because I'm figuring that's what he wants from me. And all of a sudden, he starts crying, and he, and he starts crying out to God. He's like, God, I need your help. And I just took a step back because in that moment, he was having a I can't stand it any longer moment. And when he started having an I can't stand it anymore longer moment, that's when I knew that God was about to set him free. He didn't need any help from me. He just needed an encounter with God. And some of us, what we need is we need an encounter with God where we go, God, I can't stand it any longer. Some of you may sit around and you may look at your addiction and you may say, man, but I can't overcome it. It's just too big. It's just too overwhelming. And I would ask you, what's bigger, beer or God? I would ask you, what's bigger, Our, you know, your cigarettes or God? What's bigger, your, that pornography or God? And I'm going to tell you all the time right now, God is bigger than any circumstances that you're facing in this life. A lot of us need to be like the David when the Israelites were fighting the Philistines and Goliath would come out and he would be the giant and everybody would run in terror until he showed up and said, man, I can't stand this any longer. Like nobody's going to defile my God. And he got up and did something and God showed up and changed everything. And some of y'all need to go, man, I can't stand this any longer. I can't stand this alcohol. I can't stand this pornography. I can't stand the caffeine. I can't stand the anger and the rage that are in my life. God, you got to show up and do something. And God is bigger and he will deliver because that's who he is and that's what he does. That's why he tells us in 2 Corinthians, the weapons that we fight with, they're not weapons of the world. They're not, they're not guns and slingshots and rocks and knives. They're not those things. He says, man, the weapons that we fight with, they have divine power. That word power right there is this word in the Greek called dudamus. Everybody say dudamus. No, I said everybody. Say dudamus. Okay, that's still not everybody. Say dudamus. There we go. 
dunamis. It means explosive power. It's where we get our word dynamite. God says, man, I've got this explosive power, this dynamite power that's available to you. It says that, man, this power is there to demolish strongholds. You know what that means? It's there to demolish the things, the addictions in your life. Because that's who God is, and that's what God does. And so the question is, is what has mastered you? And whatever has mastered you, we need to take it to God. We need to take it to God. And the second thing we need to do is we need to take it public. We need to take it to God. We need to take it public. And we're going to go confess it publicly. James tells us this, that confess your sins one to another. Again, it's 516. Confess your sins one to another. And pray for one another. Why does he say pray for one another? Why does he say take it public to other people? It says so that you may be healed. Another version says that you may be healed and set free. See, a lot of us, we need some freedom in our life. And we need some healing in our life. But we got to take it public, public today. And that's what we're going to do. And the problem is, is why so many people aren't experiencing freedom is, is because they're afraid of people. And I don't know about you, but I, don't, I would rather be, be free than afraid of people. And some of us, we need to stop being afraid of people and what they think and what they perceive and what they talk about and be more in tune with, I would rather be a person that's free in life. And we've got to get that. Reminds me of a of kind of a cheesy pastor joke. There's these three pastors, and they're out on the boat, and they're fishing. And, and one of the pastors says, man, I'm just tired of, of hanging out here and just doing superficial. I'm like, I'll, I, let's get real, and, and I'll go first. He says, man, I've been struggling. I, I've got this alcohol addiction, and I've been drinking. I've been drinking, and I can't seem to just break through with it. And it's, it's just a struggle in my life. And, and the other guys are like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. And, and man, we'll pray for you. And another guy goes, well, since we're getting real, I, I'm going to get real too. I, you know, I, I haven't been paid very much at my job. And, and so I, there was way more months than there was money. And so I thought, man, I need to multiply my money. And so I went out and I gambled and I, I lost everything, everything. I don't know what I'm going to do. And they're like, man, that's terrible. Man, let's pray for you. Third guy was like, man, finally, he's like, man, I'm going to come clean too. Uh, uh, my big problem is gossip, and uh, I can't wait to get off this boat and tell everybody. I know, it's terrible. I promised I would never tell cheesy preacher jokes. I repent right now. That's terrible. But the reality is, is that the reason we don't take it public, because we're worried that somebody's going to talk about it. We're worried about other people's response to whatever we are going through. And we're wondering, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Who are they going to tell? And you and I, we're never going to experience the freedom that God intends for our life until we get real enough to take whatever addiction we have that's in our trunk public. And the best place we can do that is in, is in our connect groups. That's why we encourage you to be a part of a connect group. Don't go this week. Don't go another week without taking what's going on in your life public. Go tell somebody that you care about. Go tell your connect group. If you're not in a connect group, find a Christ follower who believes like you, who wants to stand with you and say, man, I, I got to tell you some things. Share with them. If you don't have any of those things, I want to encourage you right after our service. Some of our elders, some of our ministry team will be in the back. Man, take it public with somebody. There's freedom that comes 
when you take it public to other people. It says, confess your sins that you might find healing and help. It's an important thing in your lives. And I know that this has been an important element of my life. When we were about uh, nine months old as a church, uh, we had just gotten started, and, and I, it was crazy in the beginning. Uh, basically, all the staff was, was there was just me. There was about, uh, I remember the Sunday, it was, it was the end of January of 2010, and uh, we were in a serious, and I got up, and I was struggling in life because I was working 90 plus hours a week. I was taking no days off. I was maxing myself out all the time. I was trying to schedule every single person that I could into my limited schedule, trying to study, trying to run a church, trying to do all this stuff. And I was just running myself ragged. I put on like 60-something pounds in a short period of time because of stress and anxiety and just trying to make all these things work. And I was getting so unhealthy that like I was getting very, very lethargic and and self was hurting that shouldn't be hurting for a guy that's 30 years old. And I was just struggling with life in so many different ways. And I remember having this moment where I got up here on a Sunday morning and I said, we were talking about health. And I just said, you know what, guys? I'm going to be honest. My life is a mess right now. And I just, I just came clean. I said, man, my life is in shambles. I put on all this weight. I have no margin in my life. My schedule is out of control. And things are about to change for me. Like, I can't do this anymore, and I need your help. Like, I need your accountability. I need to lose some weight. I want you to hold me accountable in that. I want to make sure that I have some days off. I want you to hold me accountable for that. And if you don't see me doing it, you have permission to punch me in the face because that's the kind of church we are. Like, just go ahead and punch me. Uh, and so that was given to the 70 people that were there. That's not your permission. I'm just, like, I'm just making that defined right now. Uh, and so I, I made this confession. I said, I repent of this. I'm so sorry. As your pastor, I've not led the way this way. That I've been a terrible example, and it's never going to happen again. And over the next six months, I, I lost 60-something uh, pounds. I walk around at about 190 today. I can still use some, some weight loss there. And, and I got some margin in my life. I got a day off Monday. I don't care what your problem is unless you're on your deathbed. I don't care on Monday. It's a problem. It'll be there tomorrow my day off like I need some boundaries in my life just like you need some boundaries in your life and so you can call me up on that day you might get another pastor but very rarely will you ever get me because I, I need some boundaries I need some margin in my life just like you do I started taking vacations I started taking weekends off where you don't see me speak and I don't need to speak every weekend because there's other people that are great speakers in our church I don't need to do all that stuff it doesn't rise and fall on me and I had to get some things right in my life but it, the life change started when I got up and I confessed it and for some of you guys, you need to have some confession in your life. And some of you may be thinking, man, I can handle this on my own. I can do this on my own. I don't need to talk to anybody else. If you can do it on your own, then why haven't you done it? If you can do it, why haven't you? Because you can't. You weren't designed to do it by yourself. And so you need some help, and you need to ask somebody to help. You need to go say, this is where I'm struggling, and I need help. And when you do, this is what I want you to ask them to help you with. Number one, help me with prayer. Help me with prayer. I, I need you to pray for me. Pray for me through this struggle. Pray with me. Stand with me. I, like, I need that in my life. Second thing I want you to do as I say, ask, say, will you help me fall? Because here's the reality. At some point, you're probably going to fall. You're going to screw up and you're going to mess up. And you don't need somebody that's going to kick you while you're down. You're going to need somebody that's going to lift out their hand, grab hold of it, pick you up and say, come on, let's move forward. Come on, let's do this together. I got your back. 
Third thing, say, man, I need your help with accountability. The decision that I'm making today, I want you to hold me accountable to it. You don't have to say, you can punch me in the face, that's what I say. You find something and say, hold me accountable to this. I want you to have influence in my life. And one of the greatest stories that came out of our church is, a, is an older gentleman. He was struggling in this area of, of, of sexual immorality and, and pornography. And he came to me and said, man, I'm struggling with this. I want freedom. And I said, man, here's what we're going to do. I need you to go find five guys that, you can, that will hold you accountable, that will pray with you and do this. And he went out. And that day, he went and found five dudes. He went and got some accountability. He got some help. And this dude... Today, you would never know that he ever struggled with something, that he was ever addicted to that, because he isn't just free of that thing, he's been set free of that thing. And there's a big difference of being free and set free. Jesus came in and did something radical in his life. And some of you all, today, what's going to happen is you're going to hear someone's confession, some spouses, your 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 husband or your wife is going to come to you and they're going to confess some things today. Some friend of yours is going to come to you and they're going to confess some things today. And some of y'all are going to be like, duh, like everybody could see that you're struggling with that. And it's going to be like, not a big deal at all. Like you're going to be like, I've known this all along. Thank you for finally being honest with yourself and, and telling me. But then others of you, they're going to say some things and you're going to be like, Some husbands are going to go to their wives today and they're going to say, man, I've been struggling with some sexual impurity. And man, it's honestly, women, it's going to devastate you. You're going to be hurt then. You're going to think, how could he do this to me? And here's what I'm going to ask for you to do. Not just women, but guys, people in general. Don't judge them in that moment. Don't respond to them in that moment based out of your hurt. How you respond in that moment is with grace. You love on them. You hug them. You cry with them. Because how you respond in that moment is going to dictate a lot of the healing that's going to take place in their life. Here is the amazing thing is when they come to you, what they're saying is, is I need to be free of this, and I believe that you can help me move in freedom in this. And so know today that, man, you're going to have the, an amazing opportunity to help somebody experience the freedom that they need in their life. So we're going to take it to God, and we're going to take it public, and here's what's going to happen 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, for my grace is sufficient for you. You've got to receive them with grace. He says, my power, that dunamis power, that explosive power, is made perfect in your weakness, and it's made perfect in my weaknesses. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. He says, man, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. And you know what? I'm so weak. I'm going to go public with it because I know that in my weakness... In that place where I don't have it all together, and all of us have places where we don't have it all together, that's where Christ's power, that his strength rests on us. What we need to overcome the things where we don't have power to do it is the same power that conquered the grave, which is Christ's power inside of us. And today is your day to get free. Today is my day to be free. And so we got to take it to God. we got to take it public. And then finally, we got to take it down.
We have got to take it down and we have got to take it out. That's why 1 Corinthians tells us, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached the gospel, I won't be disqualified for the prize. Paul was talking here and he says, man, I beat my body, man. I'm going to take this thing down. I'm going to do everything in my power to take this thing down. I'm going to do everything that I have the strength to do to take this thing out. And that's exactly what we have got to do. We have a responsibility to do every single thing that we can do. And then the rest of the responsibility relies on us trusting God to do what only he can do. It's that simple. We do everything that we can do in that moment, and then we trust God to do what only he can do in our life. And so if you're struggling with alcohol today, what you do is you go home and you get to the alcohol cabinet and you pour out all the beer, you pour out all the the wine, all the drinks, and you pour all that junk out. And then you say, God, man, I'm going to trust you. I did what only I could do, which is get rid of all the distractions and all the desires in my house, and I'm going to trust you to do what only you can do, which is set me free from this thing. For those of us that are struggling with pornography and different things, you do what only you can do, which is you go, you get some people, you get some filters on your computer, some people that can watch what sites you're going on. You set yourself up to win. You do what only you can do, and you allow God to do what only he can do, which is set you free from that thing. For those of you that have some negative impacts and relationships, what you need to do is you need to race them out of your phone or you need to change your phone number. You need to separate yourself from them. Do what only you can do. Go get some healthy relationships. Maybe some people that are in church that are pursuing God with everything they've got. And you trust him to do what only he can do, which is set you free. Man, we've got to understand that we can do what only we can do and we allow God to do what he can do. And we say, man, I can't stand it anymore. This is all I can stand. God, I need your help in my life. I'm not going to be bondage to anything in my life. The only thing that I'm going to be a slave to is Jesus Christ in my life. And the same power that conquered the grave can conquer this. Some of y'all are like, TJ, you are popping veins in places that should never be popped right now. Like, you're a little too intense. The reason I'm intense is is because God wants to set some people free here today. He's sick and tired of you being sick and tired of your life. And I know this better than most because my family is constant. We are like generation after generation after generation. As far as we can go back, we are alcoholics. My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents all died based on alcohol-related things. And you would think that seeing that in your life, you, that somebody like myself would be wise enough to never venture into ever taking a sip of alcohol. But by sixth grade, I was, I was drinking a, a little bit here and there. By high school, man, I was drinking every single day. By college, it was so out of control, it wasn't even funny. To the point where I couldn't have one drink, I needed to have 17 drinks. Because one wasn't enough for my life. It was take it to the extreme. And I'm here to say that that thing that had conquered my life and that had mastered my life is no longer the master of my life. Jesus is the only master of my life. And you don't have to be a slave to the addictions and the things that are in the junk in your trunk. You can be a slave to God today. In fact, I want you to see my story. Take a look at the screen. I have so many incredible memories at this place. So many great things happened here. Then so many not so great. It's at a place like this that I 
developed some of the greatest relationships that I've ever had in my life. It's also where I learned how to take responsibility in life. I remember being outside and realizing that Shayla was the one that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. It's also right here that I grew in my relationship with God like never before and really discovered what it meant to be a Christ follower. On the dark side though, this is a place where I had access to alcohol whenever I wanted it. And what started off as some innocent partying and just a good time with some kids, eventually turned into an addiction where I had to have a beer every single day. it was at a spot just like this that every morning as a new Christ follower sold out to Jesus that I would come and I would study God's word and I would drink some beer. Read through the Bible and then drink some more beer. And as I was reading every day and trying to be more and more like Jesus and make him the Lord of my life, the more I read in here, the more I realized that what was in this can was my master. And what was so confusing to me was that I knew that I should be reading this and, and not drinking that. And even though I wanted to stop drinking this, for some reason I couldn't. And the things that I wanted to do, I couldn't do. And the things that I didn't want to do, I kept on doing. And it was this constant cycle of back and forth and back and forth. And, and I knew the dangers of alcohol and I knew that all the things and reasons why I shouldn't be doing it, but yet here I was struggling. I knew that I had to let Christ work in my life. And then one day as I was sitting there, I had that moment where it was just like, I can't stand it anymore. And I didn't just pray to God about it. I cried out to God about it. And it was in that moment that I was reading in my Bible and I found a verse in Philippians chapter four, verse 13, that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And it was on that day that I took that which had mastered me and I decided it was time for me to master it. And today can be your day too. You don't have to be a slave to anything else any longer. You're a slave only to Christ because Philippians tells us you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's take it to God, let's take it down, and let's take it public. You know what I believe? That today is absolutely your day. That you don't have to be a slave any longer to the things that have been holding you back, but today you can be a slave only to Christ. And I believe that we do. We have to take it to God, we have to take it public, and we've got to take it down. And with the power of the risen Christ in our life, it's not something that's unfathomable. It's very, very possible for you. It starts with you getting real and it starts with you getting honest and it starts with you being transparent, not to a God, but to God. And saying, God, I need you 
to show up in my life. Would you pray with me? God, we just come before you here today and we just join our hearts as we seek you with everything that we have. And God, I know that this is a is a moment where many of us, as we're honest with ourselves, as we, we answer this question, what has mastered you? That, that if we were transparent, we would go, here's the thing that has mastered me. Here's the thing that is controlling and ruling my life. It's the thing that's keeping me from becoming the person that you want me to become. And, and I believe that today there's many of you here, and I hope that it's all of you, that today is the day that you're ready to be set free that you're ready to take that thing and bring it to God, that you're ready to go and say, God, today I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it out in the light. I'm gonna bring it to people. I'm gonna take it public to some other people. And I'm not talking about saying some little cheesy prayer to yourself, but I'm saying getting bold and getting courageous and saying, hey, listen, telling somebody, saying it to somebody, raising your hands here at church and not, not just because it's some other people are doing it, but you're tired, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're ready to be set free and you're ready for God to take that thing down in your life. You're going to do everything that you can do, and then you're going to allow God to do what only He can do. And if you're ready to do that here today, you're ready to take that thing public, and you're ready to bring it to God, and you're ready to take it down on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed. Man, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Go ahead and stick them up. Stick them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. Don't be ashamed of it. Today's the day that God wants to set you free. Who else? Don't be ashamed. I know there's some more people in here that need to be free. Come on. God, we just pray for every single hand that's up in the air right now. God, that you see their hand, that they're, they're saying, God, today is the day that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And today's the day that I say I can't stand it any longer. That, God, if I don't have you working in my life, then nothing is going to change. God, I pray that you just encounter them right now in the name of Jesus. God, as they're confessing publicly, they're taking it public. This is where I'm struggling. God, that you would come down and you would do something miraculous in their life. God, because who the Son sets free, Jesus said, is is free indeed. God, I pray that freedom would come in their lives, and I pray that addiction would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, and they would experience the fullness of who you are in every single aspect of their life here today. God, we thank you for what you're doing in their hearts, and we thank you for what you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' name.